Welcome to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast. I'm your host, Kellen Conley, and this is Hyphen Nation. Hyphen Nation is brought to you by the Hyphen Podcast Group. You'll find Hyphen Podcast Group at hyphenpodcastgroup.com. A Morgantown, West Virginia based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people. Also, Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Mark Rob. You can find Mark Rob at the MARC. ROB.wordpress.com. Mark Rob is ran by my semi regular co host Marcus Robinson. He writes great content. A uh, little essay, so to speak, about different topics and pop, pop, pop culture and sports. So make sure you check that out. His last piece, I believe, was about uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. It was hilarious. So please make sure you check that out. And then finally, even though unofficially, this episode of Hyphen Nation is also brought to you by Radio Public. Radio Public is an app that allows your Android to essentially pick up on all these iTunes links that's out there that you run across for a great podcast. And you're like, man, I want you out this podcast. Then you click it and you're just taken to the iTunes page in your browser and then you can't do anything from there. Radio Public will actually bring the show up in their app on your phone and you can play it just like that and you can follow it and then you'll never miss an episode. So, Make sure you check out the Radio Public app if you're on Android. Do it if you're on iOS too, because yeah, the Apple Podcast app is pretty good. But if you're looking for something different with a different different aesthetic that's really easy to use, check out Radio Public. <laughs> Excuse me. Now, welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the. Dark Knight episode with Marcus and the Book to the Future Volume 2 episode with Gary Wolf. I'm glad to have both of those out last week. So, if you listen to 67, which of course you did, I mentioned I had a list of topics. But only really one that Gary could have weighed in on at that time would have been CM Punk. So that's where, organically, we just talk about wrestling. So... First thing I want to get into today is a little show on a Cartoon Network called Steven Universe. Steven Universe has been out for some time now. It actually, let's see, eh, it doesn't say here when it debuted, but it, it's, it has been out for some time. And I first heard of Steven Universe, it was actually on a podcast I used to listen to called Into It with L. Collins. She actually had on a guest, and they sat down and kind of broke down all this stuff about Steven Universe. Of course, I didn't have any clue. I was hoping the episode would be more informative about what actually was happening with Steven Universe and maybe get me into it. But more, they were just kind of uh, they were just kind of gushing about different things happening on the show. And if you weren't following the show, you didn't really know what was going on. I should have known a little better about going into it, but I, even if you feel like, I feel like if I do an episode or do a topic where it's like, all right, well, we're going to talk about this, 
and I at least try to introduce what the idea of the concept is. And I, I feel like they failed to do that, so I was lost. Uh, and then, uh, recently on an episode of It's Like a Podcast or whatever, Isla Pal, another show and hyphen podcast group, uh, Handsome Bane, Eric, and Everyday Rogue, Crystal, both, Eric's completely caught up on Steven Universe, and Crystal um, started watching it, and they were kind of talking about it. And again, they didn't break down, get into it too much about what's going on, but at the same time, they did a better job of hooking me into the concept of finally watching Steven Universe. And then through, thanks to the powers of Hulu, all the seasons of Steven Universe are on there. So I finally started watching it, plus it's something that Aaliyah can watch with me, so that's even a bonus. And it's, it's something that was quite unexpected. I say that because with the Cartoon Network lineup of cartoons now, most of it's... It, I watched a little Gumball. A friend of mine told me Gumball was funny a few years ago. And I was like, yeah, I'll check out Gumball. I could, I could use a good cartoon in my life. And I just found Gumball to be stupid. Um, I used to watch Chowder probably about 10 years ago now. I, I used to think Chowder was funny. Uh, regular show's fine. Adventure Time is great. I have not watched all of Adventure Time, but from what I've seen of, a, of, the, of, the, of the, what I've seen of Adventure Time, I really enjoyed. So I, I it could go either way when I start watching Steven Universe, but I really like Steven Universe a lot. So let me break this down to you. So Steven Universe is about the titular, is that right? Titular, titular, the title character, Steven Universe, who is a young boy, and he is a member of a group called the Crystal Gems. The Crystal Gems are, from what we see at the beginning of the uh, episode, it seems like they are the protectors of planet Earth. And Steven has his gem in his stomach, um, like not in his stomach, on his stomach. Amethyst is on her chest. Garnet's is, where's Garnet's gem? Is it on her chest too? And then Pearl's is on her forehead. Um, but these, these gems, so there's Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl. They're, they're the older gems, and they've been on Earth for a long time. And then Steven is, they're like Steven's caretaker, along with Steven's dad, Greg Universe. It's more they're his caretaker. Greg is just in the same town with them. And then Steven goes and sees him every now and then, but mostly he's in their care because he's a crystal gem. So they go on these adventures, doing different things to try to fix things that could uh, become a problem for Earth and so so on and so forth. And along the way, I mean, Steven is trying to use his powers. He's just a kid. He, I think he's, I don't know if I have an age... Okay, at the time of the show's narrative, he is 12 to 14 years old, but appears younger due to his interaction with the gym's magic with his aging process. Okay, so Steven is about 12, 14, according to good old Wikipedia. And essentially, as they go on these adventures, Steven's trying to harness his powers. He's trying to, trying to actually use his gym, and he's just having trouble. He can't, he can't get it there. He's not, he's not there yet. He is able pretty early on to form a, a, a bubble, a court shield, I guess you would call it, around himself. And 
And then as you go on, he starts learning more about his weapons. This is only about season one, as far as I've gotten. Because season one was like 50 plus episodes. And I finally got through it. But don't get me wrong, it doesn't drag at all. But it just takes a long time to get through all those episodes. And a lot happens. Uh, so Steven's trying to learn his powers. And then also he's, he's meeting, well not even meeting. Uh, you get to see him interact with other people that are on the show. Like... Greg, of course, Greg was with Stephen's mumber, mumber, Stephen's mother, Rose Quartz, and Rose Quartz, when she got pregnant with Stephen, in order for Stephen to be born, if I, the way I see it, she could no longer, okay, she gave up her physical form in order for Stephen to be born. So once Stephen was born, she no longer existed physically. So which which says that she's still around somehow. And I've seen random things about uh, about Rose uh, Quartz being uh, some kind of pink diamond or something. Um, but I don't I don't really know much too much about it. I'm kind of spoiling myself, but as I read this, but I only I've only watched season one again. Uh, but Greg. Greg, you look at him and he runs a car wash and you're like, oh man, this is this guy's dad. He has a all-time sunburn and seems a little goofy. He's a former rock singer. But honestly, as the series goes on, the season goes on, you see that Greg has a lot of qualities and you can see why Rose Quartz, a crystal gem, ended up falling in love with him, a human. So, um, so he, he is a good figure for his Stephen having in his life. He's a good dad. Then there's Lars and Sadie who run a donut shop, big donut that Stephen always goes to. And Lars is typical teenager. I'm too cool for you, Stephen. Uh, Sadie is a sweetheart and completely love her. But then there's been a few episodes where you get to learn more about Lars and you see that Lars is putting on the front where he's trying to be tougher than what he really is. And Stephen, no matter how mean Lars is to him, Stephen is a, has a good heart. So Stephen always makes it a point to make sure that him and Lars are, that he, he's, good, he's good to Lars, and he sees him and Lars as friends, even though Lars is constantly trying to blow him off, which is kind of shitty on Lars's part, but whatever. But uh, Sadie and Lars kind of have an on-again, on off-again relationship. They work together, Big Donut, and... They're, they're the first friends of Stevens that we meet. And as we go from there, we meet Connie a little bit later um, into the series, not too much, too far. And she becomes Stevens' best friend. And she, she becomes an integral part where she is like his romantic interest, but at the same time, it's also his, his very good friend. So it gives him a, a, a woman figure. It gives him a lady to interact with besides the Crystal Gems. Uh, other characters that we run into is there is oh what is what's his face's name that uh, I want to call him yogurt but I know that's not right <laughs> yogurt onion yeah <laughs> yogurt is a, a silent silent badass he just does whatever he wants I, I like uh, <laughs> yogurt I like onion a lot and then you get introduced to Ronaldo Fryman. Uh, he is a conspiracy theorist, and um, actually, 
Uh, I like him a lot. And then there's his brother, Petey. And there's actually a real creepy episode. They work for um, at Beach City, City Walk Fries. And Steven goes there to get fry chips, I believe they're called. Like the little burnt, the little crispy parts of the fries. They literally sell those, and Steven loves them. So he goes and, and gets those all the time. There's actually a real creepy episode where um, there's a mascot that gets possessed by, um, by some, some kind of magic. Uh, it's a giant cup of fries. And it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> but I really like that episode, too. Um... Trying, oh, there's Mayor Dewey, and he rides around in a car going, Mayor, uh, Mayor Dewey, Mayor Dewey. I think that's hilarious, too. And he's actually played by, uh, the word Mayor, oh, Joe Hodge. He, he looks like Will Arnett, <laughs> but he's played by Joe Hodgson. Um, and then there's some other characters that I haven't met. Um, before I get into the gems, there's also a, a, a lion. A lion, a pink magical lion that... That Steven and the gems find. And this lion seems to have been left there, just from my observations from season one, to connect Rose Quartz's spirit to Steven because there's a lot of things that Lion actually has, because he's magic, that Steven um that he gives to Steven in order for Steven to learn more about his mom, which he never got to meet his mom because her physical form's no longer there. He just cause he's there now. So Lion is awesome. He's also pretty hilarious. Um, and one of my favorite episodes of Lion, the first one that made me kind of choke up, uh, was uh, it's when Steven discovers there's a pocket dimension in, through, in Lion's mane, and he finds this videotape that Rose actually recorded for Steven. And, of course, y'all know a long time ago in the 20s of hyphenation, I told y'all about losing both my moms almost three years ago. Uh, in this episode, it, it really hit home because Rose isn't there. He doesn't have his mom. He doesn't know anything about her. And then he watches his videotape and she pretty much leaves him this message about how much she loves him and how much her and Greg love him and how he's so special because he's a crystal gem and that she's willing, she's so glad that she's able to bring him into this world, even though it means she has to sacrifice her own well-being in order to um, for him to live. That one completely caught me off guard and got me all choked up one morning. And yeah, that, so th this show's got heart, got a lot of heart. Um, crystal gems. So the crystal gems, there is Garnet played by Estelle. She's the, she's like the leader. She's a, a black big robot with a big old afro, three eyes, has the power of premonition, so to speak, or precognitive ability. And then we find out in the season finale, spoilers, uh, that she's actually a fusion. And yes, there's fusions in uh, Steven Universe, similar to Dragon Ball Z. Steven fused with Connie or, um, in that episode. And then Amethyst and Pearl fused at one point. And then... I think that all three of them fused together when they met Connie's parents, and that was hilarious. It was supposed to be this giant, giant uh, crystal gem, and Greg were together. They were Steven's parents. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed that. So you find out that Garnet is a fusion, and also uh, Ruby and Sapphire, the two gems that make up Garnet, 
they are in a relationship. So shout out to the to the LGTB community. Uh, I hope I said that right. Um, to the gay community. Because you've got this this main character on this show that's made up of these two lovers that make up Garnet. And they're together when they're fused. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, then you have Amethyst. And Amethyst is the most like Steven. She's the most childlike. Where she's goofy and she does goofy things. And she's the one most likely to go get into hijinks with Steven. But then there's also an episode where you find out that she was... Um, a gem created on Earth as part of a project called Kindergarten, where the crystal gems, not just, apparently you learn that there's crystal gems, a huge conglomerate of them. There's not just amethyst, pearl, and garnet. There's gems in space. And you find out that the, the crystal gems on Earth are cut off from the ones in space uh, due to them trying to protect Earth from the remaining crystal gems. But Amethyst was growing in a place called a kindergarten, and she um, was essentially, I, I don't know if she was found by Rose or how that worked, but they essentially brought her and, like, they kind of made her, I was like, I don't want to say crystal gems are bad, but let's say bad, she was bad intentioned, and they kind of rehabilitated her into becoming what she is when we meet her on the show. She's also a shapeshifter. Which actually led to a really weird episode where her and Greg found these old sitcom tapes. And you could tell that her and Greg had been friends at one point. Uh, possibly like when he was dating Rose before Rose got pregnant. And they had some kind of falling out. But it then also made it seem like she might have had feelings for Greg at some point. But ultimately he was with Rose so... That he she may have been rejected by him at one point, but yeah, he was uh, she was like shapeshifted in the rose and everything. It was it was really creepy. Uh, so she's uh, I'm interested to see where her story arc goes. And then finally, you have Pearl, who Pearl is the is stick in the mud of the group. She's always like Stephen, be careful, and like don't get me wrong, Garnet. Garnet didn't say much in the first. 20 or so episodes, but then they kind of broadened her character where she had more to say and was doing more and you learn more about her. It was more about Amethyst and Pearl early on and then Garnet really was given more uh, character details. But Pearl is the one always worried about this and that and she's the motherly one towards Steven. Um, something interesting about Pearl though, which I didn't, we didn't find out towards the end until season one, you could definitely tell that she was in love with Rose. Um, which also lends itself to, shout out to the gay community, hey, we have two main characters that are that were in love with each other. So shout out to Rebecca Sugar for that. That's the creator of Steven Universe. And the idea that she's in love with Rose just kind of blew my mind because like the whole first season, they all speak of Rose quite highly. No one's ever like, oh, fuck Rose, <laughs> you know? But there's a point where uh, Ameth or not Amethyst Pearl literally has a, a breakdown about Rose not being there. And she was jealous of her and Greg's relationship, which you kind of saw when they finally showed Greg and Rose meeting towards the end of season one. So, um, yeah. 
there's there's a good bit going on here, and other major points of season one is we get to meet a couple new crystal gems for the first time. We meet uh, Lapis, who was stuck in a mirror, and then Stephen freed her, and then she was going to use all the water on Earth to propel herself through space to get back to the gem's homeworld, and Stephen talked her down. And he actually was able to repair her because Stephen has healing pro uh, problems, healing powers that he's able to uh, manifest from time to time. And there was a period where he's able to use them, but then he kind of broke his powers. But he fixed her wings so that she could fly home. And that led to her uh, going back home. But then she ran into Paradise, who's introduced in the season finale. And then also there was it Jasper. Yeah, ja yeah, Paradise and Jasper, who were like the main villains towards the end of the season. And Lapis ended up taking down both of them and uh, saving everybody at a... Uh, because it, it looked real bad. I mean, the gems were kidnapped at one point. Steven got whooped. Uh, Garnet got unfused. Pearl and Amethyst were captured. But Steven was able to... Uh, free everyone, they got back to Earth, and then there's going to be a big battle, and then Lapis kind of put an end to it. So, we start the season off with four gems, Stephen, Amethyst, Pearl, and Garnet. By the end, we know there's Jasper, uh, Peridot, and Lapis Lazuli. And we know that the crystal gems that are remaining in space are not our friends, like the crystal gems we were interested in, introduced to in the beginning of the episode, the beginning of the series. That's just a quick recap. I didn't go too heavy because, again, it's 53 episodes. The episodes are only 11, 12 minutes long. So if you have time, you can fly through a bunch of them. And there's not one episode that I was just like, oh, God. Aaliyah's favorite episode, for some reason, is the one where it is uh, Stevens, or whose birthday is it? Uh, he's trying to have a birthday party for the gems because they don't celebrate birthdays. And they're kind of like, oh, whatever, Steven. Uh, stop being annoying. And then he gets depressed because they're not celebrating with him. So his gem actually causes him to age rapidly cause, because he's no longer having fun. And he ends up getting like really old and almost dying at one point before the gems are able to talk him down and get him back to his correct age. That's Aaliyah's favorite episode. I don't know. She just loves seeing Steven get old and young and everything else. So, that that's my uh, thoughts on Steven Universe. U Universe, they should have called it almost Steven Universe Universe One. <laughs> Steven Universe Season One. So I highly recommend that you check that out. It's on Hulu now. Uh, this I want to say they're up to season four or five. The seasons following one are not as lengthy. I did watch the Uncle Grandpa episode crossover. It's not canon. It was fine. For what it was. Um, I didn't mind it. But um, eventually I'm going to really jump into season two. Currently uh, getting through my first full uh, watch The Office. I saw a lot of the early seasons as they were on the air or on uh, reruns. Finishing up season seven now. Which leaves me with eight and nine. The Michael Scott-less episodes. So I'll have some full thoughts on the office as a whole once I do that. And then I guess I'll get back to Frasier 
and Scrubs and Community, which I just kind of stopped everything for other than Steven Universe to get to the office and Black Mirror and all that stuff. So next topic. This episode is brought to you also by Monster Energy Import. I know it's terrible for me. Shut up. Hip-hop blogs. So, as some of my listeners know, in the, I'd say, circa 2004-2005, I mean, obviously, the bigger picture is Napster came around 99-2000, made it super easy for you to download music. Of course, that went the way it went. Then from Napster, we went to uh, Kazaa and or Kaza. I always called it Kazaa. And Bear Share was out there. And oh, what was that one? I think they still it still exists. Um, oh, IIRC. Anybody ever use IIRC? That was a bitch because you had to actually. Like it was a chat, it was chat based kinda, and you had to like enter rooms and then search a user for music and then put in a certain code to download certain things. It was really, you had to know what you're doing. You had to learn it. It wasn't as easy as uh, type in a song and hit download. But I liked it. I remember I downloaded, uh, God, the Statue of Limitation, as a Statue of Limitations off of this. I don't know. I, I copped, uh, H to the Izzo off of there. I think it was, it had just came out. Like, I don't even think the video was out. And I was so proud of myself in 2001. Among other things that I may have gotten thanks to the Internet Ferry. Then from those days, I feel like I'm missing a big one. Napster, Kazaa, um, LimeWire, of course, was the one that kind of went from there. And LimeWire was like the last big one that people were using until ultimately it got closed. I used to use a program called Aries. It was pretty dope. Uh, and a lot of these were just because everything was open source. A lot of these programs that people used were, uh, they, they were just open source. People would copy code and throw, throw a new name on it. And off you went. You were able to access all this music. And especially once the dial-up era ended and the uh, high-speed internet started to come in, that that changed everybody's life. (laughs) Uh, High-speed internet changed everything. So I used to do that to get get new music and stuff because I didn't have a lot of money. I was a a college student, and I became an ex-college student, and I was uh, moved to Morgantown, and I went back to school, and... So money was never anything that I wanted to spend on CDs. But with music being as available as it was, then I didn't have to worry about that. So somehow, there used to be these sites that I would download full albums from. I don't remember the names of them, but there was like there was thousands of them. And what you would do is it had mad pop-ups, but if you had the patience... It would allow you to download a full album, and then you'd have the album. Somehow from that, I think, or maybe from something I downloaded, I found a site 
called realestniggas.com. That's right, realestniggas.com. And I thought this site was just at first a hip hop, uh, a hip hop site, news site, and that was the disguise. The real gem of realestniggas.com was the message board. Now, for those of you unfamiliar, message board is like was back in the chat room days. Everything a message board was a place where, and I know they still exist. A place where it has um, you go to the site each, and then the site will have different topics essentially or rooms that you can go into. You click on a link, it'll say hip hop. You go in there, and then people are talking about hip hop, and you can comment or post a new topic and all that stuff. I learned about message boards back in my key style days, back in my net MC days. I used to go to a site called Oh, what got me into it? Oh, man. I remember I saw the... Oh, man. I, I saw an ad for this site on, in one of my XXLs or my sources. It's probably the source. I, had, I got into XXLs later. It was for this site. And it said that you could post your raps on the website. And... Was it AKA something? I feel like it was AKA something. But I went there and I posted my first raps on there. And this board was huge. There's people all over the world posting raps. So from there, I kind of dabbled with freestyling.com. But ultimately, I was led to a place called... Damn, how did Abyss start? Did Abyss come off of something else, or was Abyss first? They're on Zanga. Yes, that's how I got on Zanga. Was that how I got on Zanga? No, no. Abyss was on EasyBoard. EasyBoard.com. My friend, DJ Rock, and I call him my friend because, I, I mean, I made some... I think I've made some good friends on these boards because I was on there so long. DJ Rock formed this website called Abyss Fam. And on this website, we would go there and post our freestyles and we or key styles. We literally, I would literally type them on the computer. I wouldn't write it and then go and retype it up or anything like that. So we would write these freestyles and whatnot, and then we comment. And I was in a we would form these uh, groups, so to speak. And um, I remember one of my proudest moments is I was actually they would do a top ten list every week, and like on one of the I want to say it was February of two thousand. I made the top 10 uh, of the of the best. This is the only time it happened. I think it was like number eight. I was so happy. B hyphen. And he, he always had this clever way of saying who was the top MCs for the week. And I had printed out that, that page and I had it forever. Uh, hell, I might still have it. I think I finally got rid of it though. I was so proud. Um, but then from... from I'm getting off track. But anyway, I would post these freestyles. I started my own board. And then I would dabble in message boards here and there. So I come across Realist Niggas. I hit the message boards finally. And there is a plethora, a plethora of music downloads. All kinds. New music, old music, singles, videos, porn. <laughs> you name it, Realist Niggas had it. And 
it was incredible. And like, this is in the you send it days, I think, when the links would die after a hundred downloads or so, and people were always reposting new links and stuff. I got a ton of music off Realist Niggas, and I was I was loyal to Realist up until I want to say they went down. Something happened. They weren't taken down. The site went down, and they were trying to fix it, and it just wasn't it just wasn't happening. And actually. I I looked into it not too long ago, but let me. I went to the site to see if it still worked, and somebody had control of the domain, and they were saying that they were planning on bringing it back. Was it real as niggas? It might be real as niggas with a Z. I'm just gonna put realistniggas.com. Bad boys too. <laughs> we the realist, nigga. Put this in big, my nigga. So I left uh, when realist stopped working. I had to move on to yeah. Look, realist niggas is a hip hop message board created by Porky in 2003 after years of constant failure and satisfaction with his low level sexual performance. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think that's it. That's hilarious. But Realist went down, so I, I think that's when I ran across NotRight. NotRight.com. And NotRight, founded by SK, and to this day, was posting new music. Not full albums, mind you. I had to go, uh... Had to dig a little deeper into the hip-hop blogosphere to find albums. But it wasn't that hard. (laughs) But SK was posting new music all the time. And so I would always be going to Nah Right and checking it out and getting songs constantly. Like this is around 2005. And then from there, other blogs started popping up. There was Miss Info. There was Low Keys, You Heard That New. Two Dope Boys and a Cadillac Still. Um, Mr. Exclusives. Uh, there was another site I used to go to, because uh, I have I had my certain sites that I would always just check, and it just made it made staying on top of music so easy, especially when I was that age. All I had was time. I mean, yeah, I spent time with Angel, but all the other time I had was listening to music on my way to something. There was a constant influx of new music from these blogs. And eventually they formed some of the names I I named the New Music Cartel in like 2007. So what they were doing is they were getting music from artists and labels and then posting it up. And mixtapes became super... I mean, mixtapes are already big, but mixtapes before, you used to have to send off, you had to buy a sticker from, uh, uh, what was, Mixtape Kings. You'd have to buy a sticker from Mixtape Kings, and if you bought the sticker, then they send you the mixtape that you wanted as well. I actually bought, um, uh, I know I bought Beanie Siegel, Public Enemy number one from them, and there was, uh, I downloaded the S. Carter mixtape. I downloaded, I got this, was it the Kanye West 
uh, instrumentals from them. There's a couple things I bought from them. That's how I used to have to get mixtapes. But mixtapes moved from having to do that in order to get them to going to these sites. So when drama dropped the tape or once artists really started doing mixtapes, they would send them to the blogs. So that's how you would get things like in 2009, uh, So Far Gone. That's how you would get things like uh, the nigger tape in 2008. That's how you would um, actually get things such as Wale's um, the mixtape about nothing. That's where it all came from. The, like there's just so much music. Mickey Fax's first tape was fire. I listen. I had some of the Fahrenheit uh, Lupe stuff from the mixtapes. Uh, Kanye dropped that can't tell me nothing mixtape. That was like the prelude to. Uh, graduation, it came out on the blogs. There was just so much music, and it was just constantly coming. Pause. So from 2005 up until, uh, I don't know, 2012, I was just constantly keeping in tune with what was going on in the blogs. It was easy. I still have tons of music that I've never listened to because of this. Um, singles upon singles, mixtapes upon mixtapes. It would I I use my external hard drive as Google sometimes, and I will find a song that I that I didn't even remember I had because it's on there. But the thing with hip hop blogs, man. Uh, they just kind of cease to exist because it was a big booming period for seven years or so. Some would say probably even less than that of all this new music coming through these blogs. But then as artists started taking more control of their own music and releasing it themselves and as the music game changed and with iTunes coming in, um, well, not so much iTunes. iTunes had been there. But then with the streaming coming in, that's really when things started changing. Because you couldn't stream a blog, obviously. You could listen to it on their site, a song, before you downloaded it. But you couldn't stream it. So once, I really want to say once Spotify came in, I think Spotify came in and came became available in the U.S. in like 2010 or 2011, that's when things started shifting and things became more readily available where you were able to listen to something without it being, um, without it not being, having to go to a blog and download the whole thing. And so for, from all of that, the blog started changing. I had even tried my hand at starting a, a hip hop blog with my friend Matt Chivalry called Hip Hop Manifesto. And from the blog is actually the reason why Hip Hop Manifesto, the podcast, existed because we had Hip Hop Manifesto, the blog. I think it was just Hip Hop Manifesto. And we had Hip Hop Manifesto, the podcast. And at first, we he he had posted a bunch of contact content. He was on it. He was on it. But then he had some things come up. So I was posting every now and again. And I just remember in two thousand and eight that I would sit there, download music, 
um, re-tag the music, re-upload it, and put hiphopmanifesto.org on it. It was hiphopmanifesto.org was our website. And then repost it. And I was just literally posting song upon song upon song from other sites. I wasn't a real hip-hop blogger. I was just shark biting. And I wasn't getting any hits either. <laughs> I remember, though, that in 2009, in January, I remember that uh, one of the sites um, that I ran across actually had a live feed at inauguration. And I posted that that embed on my uh, on Hip Hop Manifesto so you could watch the inauguration on our website. I thought that was pretty cool. Eventually, we stopped, I stopped doing that sometime in 2009. I think I stopped... It was definitely about 2009, and then last time we recorded Hip Hop Manifesto podcast was 2013. It's been five years since we've done that. I, a, a few years back, this is my point. I've been just kind of all over the place on this topic. But here's my point. A few years back, as I said, streaming had come in, Spotify was first, and then Apple Music came in a few years ago. It was what? Music by, what well, that? Dre or Beats by Dre Music, Beats Music, and then Beats Music was bought by Apple, and that essentially became um, Apple Music. And then Title exists now. Um, Amazon Music is out there. The streaming services started coming in. So I just decided randomly one day at work, I was like, let me check out and see what's on the hip-hop blogs. Oh, Rap Radar came along in 2009. That was another big one. Shout out to Elliot Wilson uh, that came in and I got a lot of content from. That was another one of my favorite blogs. September, did he start on September 11th? Or no, he started on March 9th. I think he started on Biggie's, uh, the anniversary of Biggie's death is when Rap Radar launched in 2009. Uh, so it was 12, 2012, 2013, something like that. I hadn't been on the blogs as regular. I was like, let me just check this out and see what's going on. See some new music. Try to try to see if I can not keep up, but just see what's up. And I was looking and I would I saw music, but at the same time I was like, I don't know. Let me let me give you an example. It's not the same, that's for sure. So let's go to two dope boys. QWBoys.com, back in my day, would have music upon this new song, this new song, this new song. So I'm on their site now. And first thing that comes up is they have Weekly Dope number 110, which is new music. And here, here's a song. It's G Herbo and Southside drop some nights. Ty Dollar song in 24 hours get lit time get lit three times on the latest single. Denzel Curry drops Act 2 of TA-1300 album, Grey. ASAP Ant and ASAP 12E connect for Soul Reaver. Internet James bag. Like, there's videos and songs. But, here. I'm going to check out this Chris River song. Free Free. Nope, that's Fat Joe and my song. Free Free, a song by Chris Rivers. Uh, so, scroll down. Back with another middle-of-the-week freestyle, Chris Rivers tackles 6ix9ine and Nicki Minaj's Fifi collab with his own showcase of various flows and vigorous bars on Free Free. Press play and check it out below. SoundCloud link. Okay. that That's fine. But most of this stuff just feels like press releases. 
it, it doesn't have that same underground appeal that it once had. And it's all due to streaming services. So I'm actually going to go into Wayback Machine on archive.org. I'm going to type in twodopeboys.com and shout out to archive.org. They host all of my podcasts for free, so I can never be mad at them. So it's loading now. All right, so let's go to let's go 2008, and I'm going to go to summer. Let's go to July 9th. 2008-2DopeBoys.com And if you don't know, the Internet Wayback Machine lets you see old... It essentially took snapshots of websites on certain days throughout the years. And you can kind of have an idea of what you're looking at. So the first post on 2 Dope Boys on... Let's see what date is this. July 9th, 2008. Q-Tip, getting up. MechDot, one of the guys who runs 2 Dope Boys. Longtime fan of a... Drive a call quest. So while Shake indulges himself in the finest of womanly chesticles, the rest of us homebodies can enjoy this new song by Kamal. Props to Splash. You know what this is. So Splash is one of their guys that was in the new music cartel. So he uh, he just reposted it from Splash. And then there's a download link to Q-Tip getting up. If I click that link, it's going to be dead for sure. I'm curious though. It's kind of thinking. Normally, most of the links on a on uh, the Wayback Machine, they are dead. So it's it's kind of fronting on me. Uh, next one is the Roots Picnic Webisode 1. So they put they had a video of the Roots Picnic. Freddie Fox, How to Rob, to Rob 2008. So he updated Curtis's joint. Facts 1, Don't Stop Featuring Boot Camp Click. I would skip that. Bishop G, The Truth Part 2. I would skip that. XV, I remember he was real big for a second. The Square in a Circle. Uh, Buster Rhymes on Jay-Z's Ability. That was Jay-Z's A Millie Remix. Danny Brown, Hot Soup. Uh, Reza, Straight Up the Block Remix. And You Can't Stop Me Now Remix. Blue, The Sound of Young America Interview Podcast. Nas, Sly Fox, Poster and Video. Skills So Far So Good Remix. Featuring Common and Talib. It. They just had their fingers on the pulse, man. And then when streaming came in, it just... Completely went out the door. It wasn't their fault. It just, it is what it is, man. Unfortunately. And I, I, I checked out the second page here. My stone, okay, this is June 26. Uh, so, 2008. The game dropped Dope Boys featuring Travis Barker. Um, that was from his LAX album. That joint went so hard, too. It was one of the good songs on that album. Uh, Ice T versus Soldier Boy. Anybody remember that? It's the Cons TV. Back when Con- uh, Consequence used to have his YouTube channel, he might still have that damn thing. I miss hip hop blogs, but I understand why hip hop blogs aren't the same as they once was. It- it's just too difficult to main to maintain anymore with the streaming and. With the way music's released, but what a time to be alive back then. Music at your fingertips, blogs all day, music on the weekends, like they were tireless. And then they would get, they get takedown notices from Atlantic, I got a couple from Atlantic, 
but labels send the, send them takedown notices. And the bad thing is, it's like, oh, you want us to take this down? Then why the fuck did your man send it to us? Damn, I wish I had hip hop blog. <laughs> Damn, I wish I had a dad. Say it like uh, my man E. So, I say that to say this. One of the reasons that it's so hard for me to keep up on music now is because of streaming and because of the family and everything and because of the changing culture. I actually just pumped gas and I heard a dude bumping something and do there was someone on the hook. I was like, yo, this joint, this joint goes. So I says, it's Lil John. Is that Lil John? And uh, the rapper came in. I was like, all right, it sounds like somebody more recent. But dude, gay yeah, I was a little, he's a white guy. And I looked at him, I was pumping gas. I was like, hey, is that Lil John on the hook? He's like, oh, no, that's uh, Quavo. I was like, oh, that's like Quavo Amigos? He's like, no. Nah. And I think he said 6ix9ine was on the hook. I've never listened to a 6ix9ine song. I don't know if 6ix9ine sounds like Lil John, but whatever song he had going was fucking thumping. I still love hip-hop. I just don't make time for hip-hop anymore. And yet, I'm sitting here burning through Mark Maron episodes like uh, nobody's business. So you figure that one out. And it finally hit me. AKA.com was the website that I went to where I first started putting raps online on the message boards. And then AKA.com became this... They kind of tried to expand. So there was like hiphop.aka.com, which is the old site, and um, soul.aka.com, and uh, R&B. There was all kinds of stuff. So it was aka.com. And then from there, somehow I ended up from on freestyling.com. And eventually I landed on abyssfam.com on easy board. I wanted, it wasn't even a .com. The .com was separate from the easy board because the easy board address, let me see if I can remember this. The easy board address was http colon slash slash pub5.easyboard.com slash b abyss battle boards with a z. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I would get to abyss and uh, post my raps and stuff. And I was actually a part of a, a crew <laughs> at one point. I, I think I mentioned, I didn't say the name. It was called uh, Firestorm. Firestorm, S-T-O-R-M-M. And my name in the group, because we all had aliases, a la Wu-Tang. My name in this group was Flames Omega. F-L-A-M-E-Z Omega. <laughs> so that was me in the crew. Next topic, I hopefully I, I didn't lose y'all, man, because basically I was just trying to say hip-hop blogs aren't what they were a few years ago, and um, even now, like, I don't feel like there's even a culture for the current uh, music that's being released by, like, the popular artists now that I don't listen to. I think it's all through streaming, and even, shoot... Six years ago or so, I know that there was a couple sites that was still putting out underground music. A lot of them had that college rap movement that was going on with actually two friends of mine, like Huey Mac and D.Y. And then you had uh, a few other dudes like um, Mike, Mike Studd was part of that. And 
all of them still have careers. Uh, D actually has went back to his actual name and is doing some kind of folk rock hybrid thing that he's doing now. He's not even rapping anymore. Uh, but even those blogs, like I haven't, like I'm thinking of good music all day is the first one that springs to mind. Um, even they're not really doing anything too much, and it just it's interesting to see how things have changed because of streaming. Maybe I'm just not cool enough. Maybe I'm not hip to the hip-hop blogs anymore, and that's my main problem while I'm not knowing of these things. But next topic. I wanted to commemorate another 10th anniversary. And yeah, I know I've done Iron Man this year with Marcus, and I've done uh, The Dark Knight with Marcus, 10-year anniversary. But this this one I'm going to take on myself because it involves a rapper who actually made my top 20 MCs of all time. And again, I just want to bring up that since I've done that list, the landscape of that list has changed immensely. Because let's see. Uh, Fonte, who wasn't even on the list, dropped another album. Black Thought drops his first EP ever. After I said he couldn't be on the list because he never released, he did not have enough. I didn't give him credit for enough of the Roots material on his own. Which, yeah... It's crazy, but he finally puts out that solo LP. Because at least 3,000 had to love below, whether it was rap or not. Um, then, let's see. Uh, of course, Drake just dropped Scorpion. I'm still not talking about that yet. I still got to re-listen to that thing. Cole came out again, who I don't even think I'm... He, I don't even think I made... He made honorable mentions. Wayne is apparently going to be dropping Carter 5 soon again. He also dropped... Um, Dedication 6 and uh, Dedication uh, 6 Reloaded, I think. Or something like that. And both of those, I really enjoyed those projects. Hove just dropped the uh, EP with Beyonce, an album with Beyonce. Uh, so he he's... And that's right after I made the comment to the Brain Trust that I didn't consider Jay an active artist because I, I didn't even know if he would put anything out again after 444. And he might not ever do another solo album. Uh, but still, I, I said he's not an active artist and then Hove dropped something again. Uh, Royce, um, who actually is a catalyst of the list, he had came out and said, or he didn't come out and say, I'd said he was in my top five of all time. Then when I did the actual list, I had to put him in honorable mentions. Then he comes back out with Prom 2 and Book of Rhyme, which I've talked about on the show. Uh, M, that was uh, the new M out. I don't think the new... No, I don't think the new Eminem album was out. Um, revival before the list came out, but still... Even with that album being what it was, it didn't it didn't really change my opinion. It, it's it's just a lot of moving parts to this list. So I I just want to tell y'all you're welcome for having such a great cultural impact on hip hop. And I think Snoop dropped a gospel album at some point. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Check it out, man. It's Snoop. I gotta check out to see what Snoopaloop is up to. People still call him Snoopaloop. Did anyone ever call him Snoopaloop? The world may never know. So, 2008, it was June when this album dropped. Um, so I'm a little bit behind, but y'all will forgive me. On June 10th, the long-awaited follow-up to the Carter 2 
the Carter 3 was released. It sold a million copies in the first week. One of the last albums to really have that kind of impact in a um, in that era because that was, of course, like I said, because of hip-hop blogs and everything, everything was getting leaked. Wayne suffered many leaks. Many of his songs ended up on the hip-hop blogs that didn't make it to the Carter 3. Got so bad, thanks to uh, The Empire and... Um, various other places dropping his songs all the time that uh, he had to release an EP in December of 2007 to kind of stop the floodgates, so to speak. And the Carter 3 is the result of that. I do want to mention, though, that... Um, oh, I, might, I might have just lost my thought process because I said something about Wayne... Ha oh, the leaks... As much as Wayne was coming out and saying about the leaks back then, that they were unauthorized, and if you watch the Carter documentary, which I recommend everybody, it's actually a really good look at Wayne's career right as the Carter 3 was dropping, and then as he moves into the, um, oh, what was the name of the rock album? Uh, it's probably on Wikipedia. Hold on. Hold up. Wait a minute, followed by... Well, they said Dedication 3. Well, yeah, Dedication 3 came out in, like, late 2008. And he just auto-tuned the fuck out of it. And it was fine. <laughs> Not one of my favorites. Uh, what was the name of the rock album? Oh, you're gonna make me go to discography. Why? Lights out, 500 degrees... Rebirth! That's what I was trying to say. Uh, you can see a glimpse of him during the uh, late Carter Three sessions. You see him recording his verse for Swagger Like Us in an expensive-ass hotel room overseas, which is awesome. See him dropping, a, drinking a lot of lean. I don't think Drake was in that. I think Nicki might have popped up at one point. This is Gucci Mane, Nicki, that was just signed on Young Money. But then we finally get to Carter Three. I had come around on Wayne... I may be rehashing what I said in the 20 Greatest MCs of All Time episode. But with Wayne, I was just... He had killed shit for so long. For such a long period. That it was incredibly hard to side with the guy. At least from my perspective. Because I'm a hater by nature. So, unless I'm thoroughly impressed with everything... More than likely, there is a good chance I'm going to come down on the side of hating on it. Not as much anymore. But back then, 25-year-old me definitely would do that. And 24-year-old me, because 2007 uh, really was when Wayne saturated the market on remixes. And he was just everywhere. So, I don't remember when I finally bought in on Wayne. But I think it was to the point where I was listening to Wayne a lot. And... I, I like Carter 2, I like Carter 1, but because he is everywhere, I was hating, and I was still an artist at that time, so I consider myself better than Wayne, mistakenly. But uh, the main thing is that I found myself listening to a lot of Wayne, and I was still shitting on Wayne in conversations, and I was kind of a closeted Wayne fan, and I was like, why am I just hiding this fact that I actually enjoy Wayne's music and his work ethic so I just kind of embraced it so 
I'm just going to do a quick breakdown. The Carter 3 is my favorite Lil Wayne album. Some may say C2 is his best one. I say Carter 3 is his classic. C2 is good, but I, I can't... <sighs> There's still missteps. In Carter 3, I feel like there are no missteps, and that's a huge part of being a classic. So, the singles, of course, that dropped. Uh, started out with Lollipop. You can hate it or love it. I personally loved it. When Wayne uses auto-tune correctly, he's one of the best to use it in the rap game, along with Kanye. Uh, when he uses it badly, like a lot of uh, Dedication 3 and a lot of his recent mixtapes leading up to Dedication 6, it's really bad. But he released Lollipop. Uh, I loved it. R.I.P. Static Major. Great song. Yeah, corny as hell, but it was also catchy as hell. Did the job. It was a massive, massive hit. Follow that by Millie, which spawned thousands upon thousands of remixes, including Jay, who did a Billy. I didn't do a Millie. I didn't do a Millie. I did Swagger Like Us. If you want to check that out, b-bandcamp.com. Swagger Like Us. So I did Swagger Like Us. I didn't do a Millie. Got Money, him and T Pain. Laying the foundations of the T-Wayne album, which we just got last year, thanks to T-Pain just dropping it, saying, fuck it, why not? I haven't listened to that. But I did enjoy uh, Got Money and, uh, what was that? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And then I think they dropped the remix with uh, Timberlake, I think. Mr. Carter. Hey, Mr. Carter. Hello. I mean, how you been around the world and I'm back again? Because they've been watching, they've been searching, they've been wondering why. Hey, Mr. Carter. Hello. Tell me where you been around the world and I'm back again. They've been watching, they've been searching, they've been wondering why. Hello. Yeah, I'm singing it. Shout out to this guy on his phone walking, getting his walk on in the morning. Uh, goofball. I'm the goofball. Uh, featuring, of course, Hove. Mrs. Car- Mrs. Carter. Mrs. Officer. Uh, slept on. Bobby Valentino. Who I thought... There was a lot of good R&B artists around this time who... I don't want to say they didn't pan out, but they just... Um... I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but they just... Like him and Trey... Uh, songs and then um, there's probably one or two uh, Lloyd comes to mind these R&B artists who came out with these great songs to begin with and you thought oh well, this is the next crop of R&B guys and then they just kind of faded away uh, Trey Trey Songs is still doing his thing obviously um, but I haven't checked for Trey in years even though I will say that I did enjoy his two mixtapes he dropped with him rapping I thought they were fun not earth shattering but I enjoyed listening to them and then finally, last single was Comfortable featuring Babyface, which is one of the leaks that had came out. And that was produced by Kanye as well. Um, but let me just break down this track list. So, 3P. Perfect way to start the album. Uh, just Wayne spitting on him. Going, doing what Wayne does. Introducing the Carter 3. 
Then you follow it up with Mr. Carter featuring Hove, where Hove essentially passes him the torch, and Wayne just takes it and runs with it. Then Hove tried to get it back on Hello Brooklyn 2.0, and he didn't <laughs> get it back. Oh, I hate Hello Brooklyn 2.0. Amelia, of course, got money, comfortable. Uh, Dr. Carter, which is one of the most underrated songs of his career. It's a story song, which Wayne doesn't have a whole lot of story songs in his repertoire, but he essentially was reviving hip-hop, um, and I really love this concept, and Wayne killed it. Uh, phone Home. I like Phone Home. A lot of people are like, Phone Home. Like, no, man. Like, I join you. You just gotta... With Carter, with Carter 3, man, it was just about the time and the place and the, the sequencing... Everything just lined up. Tie My Hands, a great Robin Thicke prior to the uh, the copyright infringement, which I blame more on him than Pharrell. <laughs> uh, great collab uh, with them following up on Wayne doing Shooter on Carter 2. And, of course, Short Shooter was on Robin Thicke's debut album in 2002, I believe. And then Wayne jumped on it, and that's when Robin Hick had Robin Hick Robin Thick had that long, luscious hair before he cut it and became the guy that I hate to look at because he's so damn beautiful now. Uh, Let the beat build, another great, and that's just bars and bars and bars. Another great concept. Shoot me down, please don't shoot me down. Oh, so dope. Then Lollipop. And here's another great uh, great album sign. When you can bury your lead big single 12 songs deep on your album, come on, that's got to be a classic, man. Without it being dragging till you get there, Lala, another great song featuring Briscoe and Busta Rhymes, Playing With Fire, another fire song. I think they had to take this one off, though, because they didn't clear the sample rights. So they ended up putting Pussy Monster 2 on here. You Ain't Got Nothing featuring his I Can't Feel My Face partner, uh, Joel Santana and uh, Fabulous, who I was really liking not too long ago, but then, of course, he's a piece of shit, so whatever, Fab. And then Don't Get It, which was the album closer. Uh, he also put out uh, Prostitute 2, uh, which is a, sink, uh, a sequel to, uh, it was on the iTunes bonus tracks. And the Lollipop remix is on there too, which is fine. Uh, the iTunes bonus track, Prostitute 2, which is a sequel to Prostitute Flange, another sequel uh, leak that came out. And it was in, I really like Prostitute Flange. I don't care if you love Prostitute. I ain't heard these songs in years, like especially the leaks. I mean, dope, gossip. Remember he performed that at the 2007 BET Awards, killed it. Kush was fire. This is on the deluxe bonus disc. Love Me or Hate Me, talking about it. And all these songs, a lot of them, popped up on the hip-hop blogs before anything else. And then a couple other ones I want to mention. There was a Target Limited Deluxe Edition bonus disc. Action and Whip It were on there. I copped those from the blogs as well. So yeah, Wayne did the damn thing. And it kind of set the tone for what Young Money would become because Young Money, the um, Young Money album came out in 2009. Or was it 10? Because So Far Gone came out in 9. I'd say Drake was signed with Wayne. Well, he was messing with Young, run, running with Wayne by uh, mid-2009. Thank Me Later came out in 10. 
So whenever the Young Money disc came out, I want to say it was 2009, it set the tone for Young Money, which led to the careers of, of course, Drake already was doing his own thing very well, but helped propel Drake, helped propel Nicki from being down with Gucci to becoming what she's become, although... I don't know where I stand on Nikki nowadays. I need to go listen to uh, what was the name of her last album, uh, the third album, because I listened to the first two and wasn't they weren't that memorable. She had some joints. I really wanted to take some time and listen to her last album, and I never did. So I need to really get to that. I respect Nikki, man, but for everything that Nikki's done, I feel like she's just. She hasn't grabbed that brass ring, to use a Vince McMahon term. And I just want to run down some of the producers on the album, too. Uh, Three Pete was done by Maestro. Mr. Carter was done by Infamous and Drew Carrera. Bangladesh did a milli. He didn't get paid. And then he turned right around and did uh, Six Foot, Seven Foot for Wayne. I think it was that one. And he didn't get paid. Playing Skills and T-Pain did Got Money. Kanye did Comfortable. Swiss Beats did Dr. Carter. And that sounds nothing like a regular Swiss beat. Cool and Dre did Phone Home. Uh, Robin Thicke produced Tie My Hands. Diesel did Mrs. Officer. Kanye and Diesel did Let the Beat Build. Shoot Me Down. Uh, I guess it's produced by D. Smith, who also has vocals on the song. Jim Jonesen, who did uh, had several hits around this time, including um, Whatever You Like by T.I. Oh, damn, the 10-year anniversary of that's coming up. A paper trail. Oh, Marcus. We might have to get together in September. Do a paper trail uh, thing, man. I love paper trail. I, that's probably my favorite tip album. We got to do that. Diesel co-produced Lollipop. David Banner did La La and Pussy Monster 2. Street Runner did Playing With Fire. Alchemist did You Ain't Got Nothing. And then Rodney did uh, Don't Get It. So I don't want to spend too much more time on this, though. Uh, shout out to 10 years of the Carter 3. Hopefully we get the Carter 5 soon. Looking forward to it. Carter 4 was good for Wayne just getting out of prison and his sound changing. And that's really when, you could say sure, in 2008 we got live at 2 in 2009. But I really feel like the Carter 4 is when you get a lot of the eating pussy and the uh, eating ass references that Wayne always makes. It was like for years, at least five or six straight years from the release of Carter 4 to even uh, I'm Not a Human Being. Like leading from the time he hopped out of prison, all he talked about in every verse was at least saying something about eating pussy or your girl's pussy or something. <laughs> uh, he didn't do it on too much on D6. So hopefully he's phasing that out. Because uh, when, when once people start bragging you on it. It's kind of trying to switch it up. Salute to the Carter 3. Looking forward to Carter 5 again. Carter 4 was fine. Carter 2 was fire. Carter 1 was surprising. And that's that. So if you want to be a part of the world's greatest podcast, the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast... I'm also tired of men. Shout out to Barack. <laughs> Go to iTunes. You can uh, type it into your uh, podcast app on your iOS device, your iPhone, which I'm no longer part of. Hyphen Nation. Hit subscribe. Hit me with that five stars and leave a review. Please leave a review because if you do, I'll read it on the show. I don't care. 
good or bad. But the more reviews and ratings I get, the more I see the show. So I greatly appreciate that. Um, and if you subscribe, of course, you'll never miss an episode. If you're into uh, Google, they have a Google Podcast app now. It's not that great. But more reliable for Google is Google Play Music. You can find Hyphenation on there. You can rate and review as well. And and you can uh, follow it, I think, or subscribe, whichever. And you'll never miss an episode that way. Um, and then from there, you can go to Stitcher, find the show on there. Uh, Blueberry, it's in their directory. Uh, who else has it? If you Google Hyphenation Podcast... I'm like the second link down that hyphen dash nation is not me. That's some old podcast. You want hyphen nation, the world's greatest podcast by hyphen podcast group. That's what you want. That's what you want. That's what you need. Uh, tune in app. Also, you can find us on there. Pocket cast. It's on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash B hyphen. All the hyphen podcast group shows are on there other than it's like a podcast or whatever and Browns in Our Blood, which is on um, the Isla Pal channel and uh, Monster Lung Sound Vision, respectively. Season two of Browns in Our Blood is coming soon as we're getting ready to fire up uh, the NFL season again. Whether you're riding or not, I'm still riding because I'm a piece of trash and I can't help it. I'm sorry. I don't agree, but I'm not going to stop watching yet. I don't know. Um, what else can you find the show? Any other apps that I uh, frequent? Still trying to figure out the Spotify thing and the Pandora thing. Um, but the main place I want to tell you about, because I absolutely love it, would be the Radio Public app. Uh, they have a website. You can, so you can go to radiopublic.com and listen to it on there. You can download the Radio Public app like I did on my Android, my S9. And if you hit an iTunes link, like Hyphenation somewhere, then it'll load the show right on your phone without you just getting taken to your browser and not be able to listen to it. You can listen to it right on your phone, and the Radio Public app is absolutely wonderful. Make sure you're using that Radio Public app if you're on Android. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts. And if you're in, if you want to look, just looking for something different on iPhone, you should uh, totally check that out. What iPhone, you know? It's got a lot of cool features, and uh, it's a nice alternative to uh, to uh, the podcast app. You can just listen to it on Radio Public. Okay, you want to do that? Sounds good. Okay. If you go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com, go to shows, hyphen nation page, you'll see a RSS feed. You can use the old one, feeds.feedburner.com slash hyphenation2016, or you can use the current RSS feed that you find there on the page. Turn that some bitch sideways, put it in your favorite podcast listening device, and you can get all 69 episodes of FIRE! In your favorite podcast listening device. Just like that. Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's hyphenation again. Nature, Noriega, Wild Gremlins. What? Yeah, man. Contact the show at b-hyphen at gmail.com. B-H-Y-P-H-E-N. Hyphen podcast group at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at b-hyphen. Or, or you should do both. Hyphen pod group. Facebook hyphen universe. Facebook hyphen podcast group. Hyphen podcast group. 
is the plug. Hyphen Universe is my site where all the episodes are up right now. Word to your mother, like BBD featuring Ralph and Johnny and Bobby in the video. Power positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life no matter what that may be. No matter what you have to do, you got to do you. Words of wisdom for the day. Orange is the new black. Orange is the new black. Season six is out. So if you're into that, check that out. <laughs> oh, I didn't do recommendations. That reminds me. You no, know, my words of the wisdom. Uh, words of wisdom for today. Now with 100% more stuttering. Jeez. Words of wisdom. Smile. Do it like Charlie Chaplin. Do it like when Michael Jackson covered it. Take those little moments and smile. They'll make your day worthwhile. Bars for days. Recommendations. Did I bring up my Google Docs? Did I bring up my Google Docs? Did I bring up my Google Docs? I don't know. I don't know. Let me see. There it is. Google Docs. Show topics. Show topics. Show topics. Saw Ant-Man and Wasp. Talked about it a little bit with Marcus. If you listen to the very, very end of our Dark Knight episode after the music rolled. Loved it. Better than Ant-Man 1. Uh, Evangeline Lilly and Michelle Pfeiffer were MVPs. Paul Rudd was MVP too. Michael Douglas also killed it. Always been a Michael Douglas fan despite the fact that it's come out that he's also a piece of trash. Uh, really enjoyed Ghost's character too. Um, shout out to that actress. And of course Lawrence Fishburne joined the, Mar the MCU. So hopefully his Perry White days and the the DCE you're done. But if he wants to do both, fuck it, let him do both. Keep getting them checks, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. So, highly recommend you see Ant-Man and the Wasp. Good time. Good summer movie. End credits will bring you right back to the reality of where we're at with MCU, though. Also, check out M. Night Shyamalan's Split, which came out a few years ago. I've been ignoring M. Night Shyamalan for a long time because he's done some trash. The, the the twist ending kind of fell out of favor, so to speak. Uh, but I did check out Split when I saw that uh, a movie called Glass is coming out, which is bringing back the stars of Unbreakable, Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis coming back for Glass, which I thought, oh man, they're doing a sequel to Unbreakable. That's dope. Well, Split is technically the sequel to Unbreakable because it is a standalone sequel, which has nothing to do with the prior movie other than the fact that it's set in the exact same universe. And you don't realize that until after um, it goes, spoilers, um, after the movie's over and James McAvoy's character gets away and the, the girl who uh, played by a wonderful young actress, I'm not going to look up her name because this is a quick recommendation, but I thought she was great in the movie. Uh, she gets away from this monster played by James McAvoy. And then James McAvoy, uh, of course, is this... He has split personalities. He has 24 of them. The 24th is this invulnerable uh, giant monster killer. And once he gets away and that they kind of fade away from those two characters, they go to uh, a diner. Bruce Willis is... They're talking about the monster in the news, and then Bruce Willis shows up and reminds us about the name of the villain he took out named Mr. Glass, leading us to where we are with Glass, 
which the trailer just came out a few days ago. So watch Split, check out the Glass trailer, and go see that movie. Shout out to Thomas and Derek. And then It is my last um, recommendation. Not normally a horror guy. I always felt like I was too squeamish for it. But I'm finding out I can handle it. I don't do too bad with, with horror. So I do a lot better than anticipated. So I finally checked out It when I was in Columbus uh, with my man Rue. We were hanging out in his basement watching some movies. He had It on. We watched most of it, so I finished it when I came home. And It is very good. I don't know if I'm ever going to read the whole book It because it's like 300 pages. And I don't know if I ever watched a TV movie It. The sequel to It, Chapter 2, is coming out soon. Um, I believe it's next year, 2019, when we get that. It's also starring James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain. Um, so it's got some people in it. Looking forward to that. But you should check out it if you if you can handle if you don't have a fear of clowns and enjoy some Stephen King movies and like a little horror in your life. Watch it because it's good. Definitely has its scary parts, but I enjoyed it. So there's your belated recommendations. Appreciate each and every one of y'all to check out the show. It means the world to me. Shout out to everybody who's uh, checked out uh the emergency pod for Pusher T and Drake. It's gotten a lot of a uh, lot of hits. So I appreciate it. Doing some numbers. Cause I'm no longer um fudging my own numbers, which is something I was accidentally doing when well what I was doing was posting the link all the time on Twitter and then I guess bots would click it and fudge the numbers and stuff. So the numbers I'm actually getting when I look at my archive.org numbers are the true numbers. And it had a nice nice jump to it for being such a new pod. So I definitely appreciate it. It's going to probably be in the top 10 of podcasts that's of, of hyphenation shows. So shout out to y'all. Appreciate every one of y'all. But until next time. Until next time. Thanks, y'all.